Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today, we're doing our first ever Express episode. We're going to talk about what sellers need to do to prepare for a home inspection. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, guys, it's episode 12. Mm-hmm. I'm here with Matt Brabbins and Jeremy Ray. My name is Jeff McLennan, and we are doing our first ever Express episode, so we're going to keep it short and sweet today. Yeah, so no no jokes, no funny business, no none, messing none, around. None, none of the... Uh, Horsing around? No horsing around. <laughs> yeah. So this is officially a no fun zone. It's gonna be tough. Just like that cul-de-sac in Victoria. <laughs> I, f- I feel like this actually will be a challenge for us because we do even things that we think like, oh, this will be a quick one. This topic's not that interesting, or or not that it's not interesting. But <laughs> this topic yeah, we, sucks. We Thanks for the, listening. The most boring <laughs> of episodes. Well, okay. They, so what is express? That means that we are not going to talk about news. You guys are just cutting me out of this show. We're cutting Matt's bit. <laughs> Uh, essentially we're just going to do the main topic. Okay. Yeah. Um, but but before that, let's warm up a little, uh, Matt, what's been going on with you, man? I thought I'd give you a little update on a few episodes back. We talked about how there's more subject to sale offers going on and we had written a subject to sale offer and just flat out got rejected Mm -hmm. and the seller just said, no, we're not doing that. So the client still liked it, so we just made an offer anyway, just with all the regular conditions and not a subject to sale, Yeah, and just tried to sell his place. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which you would think, as a listing agent, so ba- basically, person, Sorry, Jared, go, go ahead. Um, you know, the same person who needed to sell their house just wrote an offer two days later <laughs> without needing to sell their house. It doesn't house. take Sherlock to figure this one out. <laughs> what do you think is going on here? And we made a two-week condition. And I guess you, you were going under the assumption that you wouldn't be able to get financing if you didn't sell your house in the two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's part of the financing. That was part of the financing. So we went through that bit and, and didn't get the, the property sold. Okay. So I contacted the agent and said, hey, we were just trying to fend angle some stuff to work this out without doing the subject to sale. Uh, but, you know, the banks have been changing their lending rules and we weren't able to do it. So we definitely need to sell. Yeah, uh, it's been, you know, whatever it is, a week and a half, almost two weeks that your property has been sitting here with an accepted offer. You have to tell everybody who calls you have an accepted offer like it might get sold. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it's not going to get sold now. You want to do a subject to sale now? And what did they say? No. <laughs> huh. And this is a listing that's, they're already on their second realtor. It, um, it actually would have been to their advantage to take your subject to sale. Because then during the two weeks, they could have sold it to someone else. I know. And bumped you. Yeah. It, like, it would have been way to the seller's benefit. Yeah. But then it's only a day or two, sub, like, potentially. Instead, they spent, like, virtually two weeks telling anybody who called, well, we think we're selling this. We have an offer accepted. Huh. Do you think they didn't take it because they were mad at you for being, uh, for tricking them? Or do you think he just straight out? No, they're not. They, I think, Matt, no, Matt actually talked, you, well, you can say it, they, they wrote an offer and they got rejected once for that. The, the people who were trying to do the offer with 
yeah. tried to purchase a property subject to sale and were rejected. Therefore, nobody can purchase out of, subject out of to sale. Correct. Yeah, yeah okay. it's, a, it's a spite position. So they refuse huh. to flex on that position. But we've tried different ways of getting them to change their mind unsuccessfully. But the net result is exactly what you were just saying. Where I was like, you guys just wasted two weeks of your listing right. playing along with us. Now now it is time to let us do the subject to sale. Yeah, that was, that was us giving them an example. So, okay, since we have some time here, here's an example of how conditions tie your property up. Now, here's how subject to sale works. Now, do you want... And the other agent's not new either. It's not like... This was normal, common practice. It's not like they're two years in the business and they have no idea what we're talking about. What right. Is, what is this subject to sale? Um, but but yeah, no, it was uh, it was an interesting one to just sort of be told, flat out denied. Nope. I tried huh. to learn them. They wouldn't learn. Okay. Moving on. Hmm. What do you got? Okay, I'm going to go... beat that? N- no. Um... <laughs> But just to be clear, you haven't gone yet. I have not gone yet. <laughs> okay, so I'm not going to skip Jer. But we might not have time for Jer this week. Because it's an express episode. Express. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's been going on with me? Well, I've been, I've been really sick the past couple of days. So I, I kind of, this is the first time I've surfaced mm. outside of my house in about two days. So um, you guys are the human contact that I've desperately been needing because you're not my mom and you're not over, uh, over, well, you are over five years old. So, um, so Rachel hasn't come home from her surgery yet. So I was solo dad and also incredibly sick. So my mom was a superhero and came and stayed, uh, with me for the last couple days. Just say it, Jeff. Say thanks, mom. Thank you so much, mom. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, we're, we're running that clip in the ad. We're going to push that to ten thousand people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so so I, I not a lot, whole lot of real estating has been going on. Been getting getting a new listing ready, but that's all been kind of happening. Uh, the team has been handling that. I literally, you guys are my first human contact, so I'm I'm really excited. I'm sad it's an express episode. We feel we feel honored. Yeah, yeah. Are you, as they say, above the line today? Uh yeah yeah I'm I'm way better today for cool. sure and That's, not contagious I don't think so I, I, I mean just shared French fries with you well and I, and when you went to the bathroom I licked your microphone oh, yeah. so um we'll find out I guess oh my god so by the way above the line is a Keithism episode yeah. nine yeah yeah that's any it. given Sunday Coach Keith yeah how how about you Jer well yes I did just have French fries with sick Jeff and a really spicy donor. And I can feel myself sweating through these headphones. That's when air looked good. Like was, was it good? Sweaty. Um, yeah, I mean, it was cold. It kind of got cold on the way here, but that wasn't that, any, that any wasn't fault, fault of the Donair yeah. dude. Um, that was just the car ride over here. But uh, no, it was Donary lamb. Hmm. They had a red pepper paste, which is kind of a new option. I've never had that at a, um, at a Donair shop before. Garlic paste, red pepper paste. It was spicy. And a spice. Was the red pepper paste? Oh, yeah. Spi- yeah, it yeah. was spicy. Was so not, that's me. Not Ex- expecting express. That. I should have gone to a Donair Express, and then I could have really sort of segued into the Express episode. Stay right. on point. Already. There, there must be a segue there somewhere about like red paste, all the different paste, inspecting the Donair. Now we're going to talk about inspections, but I can't find it. There's nothing there. Let's just get on with it. Now you want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. 
You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocate. Wrong. With that money, you lost one. Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Okay, so today's Express episode is all going to be what a seller needs to know to prepare uh, for a home inspection. And this is going to be a little bit different than when you're preparing your home for sale, although there's probably going to be a lot of crossover. And this also, just to be clear, is not what a buyer needs to know. I think we'll probably talk about that in another episode. We probably should. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Like the next one. Okay, deal. (laughs) (laughs) You're making us commit to this now, Jer. Yeah, I guess so. Thanks a lot, Jer. Well, last episode, Jer made us commit to having a guest, but we don't have a guest. Oops. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll see if we live up to to the commitment. How common do you think it is for agents to speak to their seller about preparing their home for inspection? Mm, I don't think like so. for the average real estate yeah, agent. Yeah. Do you think like let's say out of ten sellers, how many of them have been advised like? You have an inspection. You may be having an inspection. These are things you can do to make it go better. Um, I, I, I mean, it feels like it's been years since we've been doing that on a regular basis. Because there haven't been home inspections? Because there haven't been home inspections as much. I want to say three out of ten. Yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea what the average, um, what the average numbers would look like. Um, yeah, and people just aren't aware like your house is your house. You're not going to go get a contractor in to fix something. So, but I guess we're going to talk about some of the smaller things that would just make, make it go a little bit easier. Let's maybe figure out the timeline. So are you talking about the week of the inspection? Are you talking about when the listing is for like when you're first listing, where, where where are you placing this? Well, my sentiment is coming from all of the timelines. So I don't think it's coming up early on in the process. And even if the agent says that the listing agent who represents the seller calls their seller and says, Hey, we have an inspection three days from now. They'll be there at, you know, 10 AM. This is the scheduling. I don't see them giving any advice. It's just, we're going to open the door. We're going to let them look around, see what they find, hear the results of the report and take it from there. Mm. Hmm. And that's it. I feel like only three out of 10 sellers are getting some advice on how to prepare for that event. If it's early on when they're prepping for the listing or right before. Mm-hmm. So it's more just cross your fingers. It's out of our hands at this point and, in time. Yeah. And I, I, I come up with that number based on my experience taking a buyer into an inspection and feeling like they didn't do anything to get ready for us. They just opened the door. Right. You know, and they're just kind of crossing their fingers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to, we don't do it so much anymore, but we used to recommend getting a pre-home inspection done to sellers. Um, but that was back when everything was in multiple offers, but people weren't writing unconditional. So the idea behind the pre-inspection was, A, let's identify problems that are going to come up in the inspection so you can decide either to fix them now or disclose them and and work it into the price before it ever becomes an issue. Um and B, we would give the inspection report to the potential uh, buyers um, so that they could feel comfortable not writing subject to inspection if they wanted. Now, Something to work with. Now, the market got so hot that it didn't matter if you had it or not. People weren't writing. It was better not to because what you don't know can't hurt you. Right. You don't have to disclose now. And if it turns out there was something wrong with your house that you genuinely didn't know about, now you don't have to fix it. You don't have to repair it. You just get to walk away. Yeah. If you aren't expecting your buyer to have a home inspection anyway, 
then it's better maybe not to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I would go for a lot of times I'll go over this stuff because um, I'm comfortable talking about these things with, with the sellers before we're listing the property and going through like, what do we need to know? Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't turn a blind eye to it. If we know there's something broken, what can we, what can we fix now? What, what's something that, uh, yeah, you know, maybe we could, could wait and sort of see what happens, but depending as long as it's not like a material latent defect. I, I had a seller one time, he was walking me through the house, telling me everything and we get into the basement. He's like, now don't tell anyone this. But if I wash the front stairs, water comes right down through through this wall. And I was like, well, if I don't tell anyone that, you're going to get sued. And then he quickly changed it to, so make sure you tell everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So um, what would you say, Jeff, do you have something on the top of your mind where you, you think, okay, if I was telling someone that the inspection's coming up, you know, mm-hmm. that can maybe apply to most properties. If we've got somebody listening right now who's thinking of selling their home, what can we try to, through broad strokes, as Jeff says, can can apply to lots of homes? Do you have a few things in mind? Yeah, I mean, the the number one thing I think is you have to treat the home inspection like it's the most important showing. Like that's the very last time they're going to see the home before they decide whether they're going to go through with it and, and buy it or not. And you you see people spend so much time staging their home, and they'll get it all ready. But a lot of times, and especially if it's taken a while, by the time they get to the home inspection, the sellers are tired of cleaning up. Yeah. And in their mind, the home might be, like, a lot of times the seller's like, well, I have an offer. It's sold. Yep. Right. And they start letting little things go. You get ready for the big photo shoot. Yeah. But I like that. I like that phrasing, actually. That it's actually the most important because they haven't yeah. even there. They pulled the trigger on the offer. Yeah. But it's also the longest period of time that the buyer is going to spend in their home. Yeah. They're going to spend a good three hours in there. They maybe saw it for 10 or 15 minutes. Now they're in the first there. time. They, yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, they're, they're, they're digging, they're opening cabinets they're looking underneath the sink, things like that. Well, and, and, and the thing is too, like the buyer is going to assume that how you do, like the one thing they find they're going to assume that's how the seller treats everything. It does. It becomes a reflection on your entire home. Yeah. And that's why I think this episode is so important because if people can do the right things to give the impression that on the other side of the coin, right, that yes. this is how my home is maintained all of the time, and it probably isn't, right? But we can yeah. we can help sort of spin it, it more in favor of that side of the things that it looks like a better maintained sort of more uh, habitually maintained house, right? Yeah, like, I mean, the feedback I get, like houses that are cleaner, the feedback I get more often is they've taken such great care of the home. And they haven't necessarily taken, like, better maintenance of the home than a house that is dirtier. But pe- Psychologically. People, psycho- the way you do one thing is the way you do everything, right? They see they see it and they just think, okay, everything's taken care of here. Um yeah, and that stuff's really important for the so, home inspection. This is my absolute favorite one. It's it's really quite simple. I don't know if I've ever told you this, Jeff, speaking to what can be done in every single house, if it's a condo or a detached house, a reflection of how you keep your home. And to me, also a really good way to make the inspector happy. And because I think that's important, right? Yeah. To have them having a good experience. Oh, the inspector's opinion of the home <laughs> is so important. Yeah. yeah. And just making the experience sort of comfortable and efficient for them. So I, I say this and I really have to, sometimes I forget, but I need to tell every single seller is um, get a couple of bins or boxes and everything that's under your sinks 
Just put them in a couple of boxes if you have to have stuff under there. And when the inspector shows up, all they have to do is slide out two boxes. Mm. And now they have just completely undisturbed access to under the sinks to do their inspections. And all you got to do is point a flashlight and they go, wow, this is so easy. It's so clean. Everything's good. Instead of, you know, what I think a lot of our under the sinks look like. So you're making the home inspector's job easier for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then hopefully putting them in a better mood and having a better opinion of the home because, because obviously you took the time to do something. Yeah. I I think that's a really good idea. And from the buyer, they see that it looks organized, right? Yeah. (laughs) For me, that was kind of mine was access to things, but yeah, under the sink, your garbage cans usually under there. Yeah. So you're, if you're, someone who doesn't compost their coffee grinds like yeah. I do, but you just throw them in. My wife throws them in the garbage can underneath the sink, but you know, you miss. You and just, just said that on, Oh on the no, air. she doesn't. Sorry. No this. talking about wives on the radio. Oh um, no, we all compost. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, if he's got to go under there and look at, you know, what kind of plumbing do we have here? Is everything working properly? And it's just a, you know, a bunch of hot garbage. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be happy. <laughs> hmm. So access, you said access, access. anything yeah. else? Um, access to your panel. A lot of people, electrical panel. Electrical panel. Yeah, maybe letting people know where it is instead of spending yeah. 15 minutes looking for under, it behind under, every painting. Every time, yeah, every picture. I, I, I think it's a good idea along the same uh, thing with you're making it easier for the inspector. If you've got stuff that's hard for the inspector to find, like having a list, like a little note for the inspector saying, oh, panel is behind this painting. Um, or take the painting down. Yeah, or, or take the painting, take the painting down. down. Um, where the water shut off. Where the shutoffs are. Yep. You know anything? Or if there's anything weird you've done, like uh, something people don't think about is home inspectors aren't allowed to turn gas on if it's off. Um, so if you've turned the gas fireplace off for the summer because it's hot, a little note for the inspector saying we turned it off. This is why is going to go a lot better or i mean even better is if you can turn it back on but if you can't essential turn it on because they can't test it so the report is going to say could not test and now that the buyer has mystery problem in their mind go one further fire up the pilot light yeah turn it on yeah yeah make sure it's on i have i wrote it down in my notes pilot light should be on and your gas fireplace should have been recently serviced regardless of when the last service was like again not everybody does this but if we're talking about perfect world perfect world yeah do the servicing so that when the the inspector comes in they go oh checkbox 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 oh look here's the receipt for the servicing next to the fireplace that's on all i have to do is turn on a switch and i can just check the boxes and walk away you just made me think of you know what's like a 15 dollar fix that will really impress a home inspector is those uh braided tubes for the uh, oh the the, washer dryer the washer dryer braided lines I can't tell every home inspection I'm in. Every. That's, that's, that gets pointed that's out. That's part of, yeah, home inspection 101. Yeah. You, is, if you don't find anything, yeah. at least get them to swap their uh, the, the washer water the lines. The few times I've seen one, the inspectors usually make a big deal out of that too. Like, oh, wow, these guys took the time to put braided lines in. That's that, a big that, deal. One of those little things. Yeah, oh, these are yeah. the people who pay attention. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they really know how to make sure they take care of things, right? So It can be a pain in the butt though condos or like getting in there the to do worst. it yeah pulling out the yeah <laughs> totally it's, it's it what should be a very diy thing that anyone could do with a couple a garden hose. little appliance um <laughs> sliders you can kind of squeak you know squish yeah. underneath the like tilt it but um in condos like sometimes it can be a little bit more challenging but mm-hmm. uh, to get someone in to help you but yeah it's a, it's a garden hose connection if, yeah. you, if you can do that you can uh, change the line 
So that's a huge one, right? Super cheap, right? If we're talking to sellers about how to keep things inexpensive, braided lines versus rubber hoses. And the reason why is rubber hoses have a historical tendency of bursting. Yeah, your your place will flood. If yeah. Whereas if there's a problem with the braided line, your place should not flood. That's yeah. the whole, whole yeah. point. So pretty simple. So um, access, uh, we talked about a lot of things there. I have uh, attic access. So uh, the inspector is going to go in an attic if there's a, if there's panel, and it's, it's good to tell them where the hatch is. But so more... remove all the mouse traps. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a good start. <laughs> and... well, it depends on what you put on the PDS, though. <laughs> that depends. It... I, I had a client put mouse traps down once to try and they got a backup offer that was better than the original. Oh, and they, oh my and god. They... <laughs> They were trying to sabotage their deal. Yeah, yeah, they 100 percent sabotaged their. So home you could inspection. use you could use this list on if you were in that position. Yeah, just do all the opposite. Do the opposite of. Yeah. I got to put my rubber my rubber hoses back in. Yeah, hide the panel, throw coffee grinds under the sink. They didn't tell us about it until afterwards, thankfully, because uh, the the inspection collapsed and we're like, oh man. There's all these things wrong with your house. Like we need to get this fixed before the next one. They're like, don't worry, we did all of it ourselves. <laughs> Oh, no. What, what are you doing? <laughs> all right. Well, they must have been pretty confident in the backup offer. Well, the backup offer was way, way better. That's than, good. Yeah. That's good. So uh, jokingly, but rodent traps and attics and that kind of stuff. But go into your attic and maybe make sure it's in good shape. But think about how you get in your attic, mm-hmm. right? If the inspector is going to need to bring a ladder into your walk-in closet and open it up and a bunch of dust and everything falls on your clothes, like get your stuff out of the way. Make it easy for him that's a, to. That's a good one. Make it easy for him to bring in the ladder. Make it easy for him to get up and down. Um, I've seen them where they're in closets and you know there's clothes in the way or you know, whatever. And they the inspectors you know or homeowners get home and they say, oh, there's all this dust over my clothes. I'm all mad about what this inspector did. So for us, it's important as the agent to warn the yeah. client, hey, they're going up there and they're going to stir some things up and yeah. make a bit of a mess, right? Make sure they can do their job. Can I say one that should be obvious but isn't? I'd love to hear it. Okay, so. Leave the house <laughs> during the home inspection. Step one. The 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 worst case I ever had was a it was my buyer and my buyer was in and out of town really quick. So the only time we could do it was at like eight o'clock in the morning because they were flying out that afternoon back to their their hometown. And the the sellers the agent is like, yeah, but the seller says he's getting ready for work at that time. You can come, but he's still got to get ready for work. And we're like, yeah, okay, whatever, that's fine. And we get in there. And he's sitting in the living room in his underwear, eating his cereal. <laughs> we're like, we're here for the home inspection? A 12-year-old like, own this house? No, he was like a 40-year-old man. But just, I guess his routine Living was I dream. sit here and I eat cereal for half an hour in my underwear. And then I put on my clothes. And, and you jerks aren't <laughs> getting in the way of my routine. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I mean, and, and I mean, that's an extreme example. But I've had lots of times where the seller is home because they're worried or whatever. But... It's frustrating. And speaking to what you talked about, a lot of times the inspector gets annoyed because they've got a homeowner following them around. Yeah. And trying to tell them something or to spin something, right? Oh, this is how I do it. Or, you know, it's done this way. Or let me point this out to you. And don't worry about that. That, That's nothing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's nothing. (laughs) I had one guy try to give the home inspector uh, a beer. And and the inspector's like, I can't take a beer from you. And he's like, No, no, just just have my beer. Have have a beer with me. He's like, um, first of all, that's kind of a conflict. I'm not going to accept a gift from the seller. And second of all, I'm trying to do a home inspection. <laughs> like, I'm not renovating your bathroom, man. Yeah, Come on. yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, you talked about uh, explaining kind of how things work, 
right? Mm-hmm. And it made me think of something I don't have on my list, but things like mystery light switches. Oh, yes. Good one. You know, because things that they can't test, again, become mystery flaws instead yeah. of, that's not a mystery flaw. That is the most important light switch in the house. Do you know what that light switch does? It turns on the Christmas lights mm. from inside. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And if nobody knows that, then it just becomes this right. faulty situation, right? So as far as making notes about things like this mm-hmm. is how they work, if this, these are unusual circumstances. And speaking of lights, light bulbs. Again, if light bulbs are out, the inspector's like, well, that light doesn't work. Yeah. Does it? No. He's not, not going to check the bulb. <laughs> he's not going around switching light bulbs. Right. <laughs> oh, I think, yeah, I think that's a good a good one. I'm trying to think of, uh, yeah, labeling switches. Um, would you grab, maybe a good idea to grab, if you do have receipts for like things like drain tile, I'm not actually going to inspect the drain tile, but I can kind of see it's this system. And maybe if we had Roto-Rooter there, earlier in the year or the year before um, scoped it, flushed it, maybe have some proof of that. It'd be easier for him. I think receipts are a fantastic idea. And on top of that, any permits, like any work you've done, having the permits, put that right out on the table. I love when there's a book sitting there Hmm. and because the inspector, a lot of times will be like, well, I can't tell if this was professionally done or not, but if there's a permit that shows, they can't look behind the walls and can't do things like that. So yeah. Yeah. And they do not inspect drain tiles. So providing that paperwork is a huge benefit. So, and sellers should hear that and say, instead of letting the inspector say, I'm not sure what the drain tile is. I have no way of inspecting it. Yeah. Go ahead and do the inspection because inspectors inevitably, if they can't test it, they'll say, well, this system is 30 plus years old. Time to replace. Yeah. It it likely needs some significant maintenance or replacement. And the cost of that is inflated. It's a big expense. And they, they have to say that because they have nothing to prove that it's in otherwise, you know, exceptional working order. So if you can provide proof, it really improves the inspection report. I think proof on uh, that you did your electrical on the up and up is often is really good too. Uh, because they, they always open up the panel and they look, and a lot of times you hear, oh, this doesn't look like it was done the right way. But they can't they can't really get in there and tell you exactly what happened because they can't get into the walls. But they're like, oh, this looks a little Mickey Mouse or whatever. So now, this only applies if you did do your electrical on the up and up. <laughs> but if you did, basically anything you did right, you should leave evidence for. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Especially yeah. like we deal with a lot of old houses around here in, in, yeah. in New Westminster and... Um, he has no idea that it's like, there's some things you can tell, but a lot of stuff you don't. So if it was, yeah, if it was done right and you did like everyone says, Oh, replaced wiring yeah. or updated wiring. Well, what did you update? Did you just put GFCI plugs on the yeah. knob and tube circuits? Was that the whole what? house? Was it section suite? Yeah. Yeah. I think it with any one type of system in the house, electrical is the one that gets the result of using the word unsafe. Yeah, And if there's any one word that gets buyers more fired up than any, in my opinion, on an inspection report, it's unsafe. Yeah. The other stuff, they're like, oh, okay, I can fix that over time. I can address that. I understand wear and tear, but they don't like unsafe. Yeah. And some of these things are, as you're talking about a house and drain tile or electrical or something, you know, given after the home inspection, they still want to buy it. We're talking potentially tens of thousands of dollars that someone could be trying to renegotiate that price because, hey, we thought this was this or that, and now it's something completely different. We still want to buy your house, but, um, you know, it feels like a bit of a different house than what we thought we were getting into. Right. Um, so what could be $1,000 to get Roto-Rooter through? I don't, I don't know what it would cost, but uh, depending on the, what needs For to be done. For a flush and inspection, it's like under 400 bucks yeah. usually. So, yeah. Um, that's going to save you a lot of headache if the unknown is this is a 40-year-old drainage system 
Yeah, I think if we're talking detached hosts, it's 100% worth it to spend up to a few thousand dollars in getting ahead of this stuff. Service your furnace, clean your ducts, um, do the drain tile inspection, like spend some money on, on these checks, right? Um, hot water tank, right? I, I, I think if a hot water tank is more than seven years old, an inspector is going to say this is nearing end of life. Yeah. And I think your return on investment on replacing that ahead of selling is huge. Borrowed, borrowed time never sort of bodes well. Yeah, just take that off the report. Instead of making it being a risk, turn it into a positive, right? Yeah. And back to yeah. all those little things adding up, it just kind of shows, like like you said, about yeah. having having documents, having a binder. Totally. The guy's going to say, the inspector's going to say, wow, these guys, it'll help him too. It's like, wow, these guys have actually like cared for this home. On that same note, making sure your um, smoke detectors haven't expired. Yep. Because I would say most of the homes that get inspected, the smoke detectors are expired. And again, it's just that nice little touch of it's cheap. It doesn't cost you much to do. It will save your life if there's a fire in your house. Um, but also it's one more thing where the inspector's like, oh, wow, they, they really updated everything in here. They're on top of it. When I find when we sit there with buyers and you watch them hear an inspection report, certain things come up that are simple and inexpensive fixes, but they really get stuck in their head because of this concept of unsafe. Yeah. Smoke detectors, cheap, easy fix. GFCI switches. In bathrooms and kitchens, yeah. right? You know, the inspector has to report them. They always do. They say yeah. that they're unsafe. We all know it's an incredibly inexpensive and quick fix. Yeah. Uh, but they don't hear that part. They hear hazard unsafe mm-hmm. my children will die the house is yeah. about to burn down because of the electrical and i won't know about it and we'll all die because the smoke detectors are old yeah so spend a couple hundred bucks on gfcis and get those in right so all those little things i think go a, a really long way to helping a seller get ready for this one and i had one more that i'm curious what you guys think about this one um and it applies more to bigger homes or empty nesters or whatever is to use every part of your house leading up to the inspection uh, notably, for example, like a guest bathroom that never gets used, hmm. seals and things start to dry out, or you don't know that things don't work in there. And the the response of, oh, we never used that bathroom, I thought it was fine, doesn't make the report any better. <laughs> so like, have a shower, use the toilet, just make sure it just all run works. Wa- yeah, run water through the drain. Yeah, so it's, the, the, it's the a really good idea. Up. Point. Yeah, well, everything about plumbing typically tends to have rubber seals here and there. And, and they need water. They do, exactly, right? So you you leave things for years without using them, and you're like, well, I'm not putting any wear and tear on this part of my house. Therefore, it must be fine. Yeah. yeah. But it can be the opposite. Yeah. Even appliances. Um, yeah, you get that with washing machines. The the place that we moved into, the townhouse, um, it was vacant because they were. It was an estate, uh, almost an estate sale. Um, almost, almost turned, an almost turned estate it. sale. That's another episode. Um, <laughs> no, but they it, they were renovating it, getting it ready for sale. So it was almost. I think it was almost a year of throwing laminate flooring in and and painting and things like that. Um, but the washing machine didn't work. Like hmm. A bunch of appliances just because they were. Yeah, they just kind of get dry out. Seal dries out, and all of a sudden it's leaky because it just it's gets old and cracked because it didn't wasn't wasn't getting used. What about so we've spent a lot of time talking about houses? Is there anything different that someone in a condo should be doing? Smoke alarms usually are a condo thing. They should be group buying them because mm-hmm. they were all pointed at the exact same time. That's something that strata should be, I think, on top of. Yeah, I mean, I, I see stuff that applies to condos. Sorry, Jared, did yeah, I no, cut you okay. off there? No, it's okay. Yeah, go go ahead. ahead. You got something? I, uh, drain tile, I guess. 
<laughs> I, I do think actually a lot of what we said does apply to condos. Oh, yeah. I just meant more, are there things that apply to condos? Exclusively. Exclusively. I, I don't think so. I, I would say uh, just, and your agent will probably take care of this, but it drives me nuts on the buyer side when nobody makes an effort to allow me access to things outside of the unit, like the common areas, roof access if they allow it, boiler room, all the things in a condo that an inspector wants to inspect other than the home itself. I agree with you, except that the trend now is that the majority of stratas have locked down those spaces because inspectors have found a way to overstep their boundaries and cause problems for stratas. And they virtually all have closed the door and said no roof access, no mechanical room access. So of course the agent should request it. Um, but I think the default answer now is no, read the depreciation report. I agree with you on roof. I find roof is the only thing I don't usually get into. Now it takes a lot of pushing, but usually I can get into boiler and mechanical, but a lot, you're right. A lot of times on roof, they're like, well, and I, I mean, I know an inspector fell off a roof a couple of years ago. There, there were some bad stuff that happened that I think they don't want liability. Well, I know one where they went and checked the uh, the boiler yeah. at the rooftop level and made some sort of little tweak or adjustment in their checking yeah. and caused a leak. Well, it was at the top of the building. Right. It went down and affected everyone. Oh, man. That inspector should uh, Everyone. Get sued. So, yeah. But that's exactly the risk. And, and as a condo owner, if I was in a tower and I'm not, I would support the idea of not allowing inspectors in there. Yeah. Because as much as there are good ones, there are some bad ones who certainly overstep their boundaries thinking that they're doing right for their client, um, but can cause real problems for a strata. And I don't need that. Yeah. Read the depreciation report. That's made it a lot easier having the depreciation reports. Uh, uh, you guys both know the depreciation reports aren't aren't really getting... No, but they're actually looking at a date stamp on a tank is is a pretty black and white thing. Um, you know, in terms of the roof, I had one guy the other day, an inspector, tell me... Uh, well, it wasn't... I was, I was a listing agent, but the buyer said, it's like, so you want to go see the roof? Uh, no, I, I'm not a roof inspector. That's uh, well, that, that's that's a full like report. We'd, I'd be here for hours inspecting that. Sure, but... I mean, there's lots of inspectors who who won't inspect things. That doesn't mean that there aren't ones that can look at them and do like. There's, I guess, here's a tip for buyers: if you're if you're looking to use a home inspector, be very wary of homes on homes inspections because, despite the fact that Homes on Homes has an amazing brand, uh, their inspectors won't look at anything other than the unit. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. And I, I had an inspector that I'd seen before come through and inspect only the unit. And then I was like, normally you inspect the other stuff. You want to go down to the parkade? And he's like, no, I'm homes on homes. We only look at this. When I'm doing my own inspections, I look at the whole building. That's weird. And, but the licensing on the homes on homes, they're not allowed to. You got the McDonald's or the high profit model. Yeah. If you pay for the name, you get less service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but maybe it's a liability thing. You just, they're not covered for. It It could be a liability thing on, on their end. It could be that they haven't in their training. Well, to, they're not covering. Uh, I don't actually, know. I mean, in terms of parking membranes, like, there is a lot of stuff down there that they don't really have any business inspecting that, that if they gave it a clean bill of health and it turns out they missed something because the root system above was getting in through the, like there's, I, I understand that from a liability standpoint. 
I, I think that's a I I disagree though. You're just looking for surface like that know. stuff is so specialized. I am typically more infuriated by inspectors in those those areas than impressed because they make generalized statements based on very very high level observations and create problems that weren't there. A, a good inspector should be a generalist though. They should be finding points that are in those areas that are warning signs and saying. I don't have the expertise to go into all of this, but this is yeah, this go, is reason go, to go look, go look for a report. Yeah. But that report should already be there. But a lot of times it's not. Should we save some of the stuff for the buyer for next week's episode? Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's a lot of helpful information for sellers that maybe they never even thought they should be thinking of. I hope so. I should, hope so. should be addressed. I mean, for some of those things we were saying, um, it might you might not even have time, so get you know, get on gone, get on it before you even maybe list the property. Get way ahead. Get of ahead it. of it. Yeah, some of the stuff that you know can cost thousands. Get ahead of it, right? Yeah. So not the day before the inspection, <laughs> cool, or Good the day after. <laughs> well, that was a very expressive express episode. How did we do? What what are, where are we at time wise? We'll never know. I think we're under forty minutes. Okay, so farewell, friends. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed that. Let us know at feedback at morealestateshow.com if you want us to do more Express episodes or if you like the longer format. And if you're enjoying the show, please think about leaving us a five-star review. Uh, it helps other people find us. That's or, all I got. Or tell a friend. Or tell a friend. Or get your wife to listen. Or, or, we're all getting Jer's wife to listen. We got a great review on iTunes that was someone's from Jer's wife. Made, oh. <laughs> all right. Never mind. <laughs>